Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Go Virtues podcast. It's such a pleasure to have all of you, uh, all of you guys, with us today. Um, Shireen and me are here um, to be able to discuss with you again um, our role as parents and the moral and spiritual and character positive development of our children. That's why we're here uh, week in week out. So welcome again. Um, if uh, you want to listen to our past episodes, definitely go to GoVirtues.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at GoVirtues and leave us a review as well. I'd really appreciate that. Shireen, welcome back. Hi, Richard. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. And how's everyone else? Everyone else? Well, everyone around the world. Hopefully Great. everyone's doing okay under the circumstances. I, I can see that a lot of countries are starting to come back to a certain degree of normalcy. So hopefully that's uh, that's the trajectory that all of us are on. Yes, absolutely. And I think parents are happier and feeling uh, much better because they don't have to be with their kids 24-7. And they can yeah. continue to do their own things now. So that's really relieving for a lot of parents from what I've been hearing. Yes, yes. Uh, I think no matter what we say or do on this podcast, I think we, we definitely uh, advocate for self-care. Um, and 24-7 around anybody, whether it's your children or your spouse or a business partner, <laughs> can be pretty taxing. So <laughs> we appreciate yeah. that. Um, and hopefully, and hopefully, you know, anything that we've said over the last year or so on this podcast, um, and even as we continue now, you know, we'll, we'll continue to help you um, oh, with, yes. uh, with our journey. I think, you know, when we listen to podcasts, I always think that even if you pick up one thing that resonates with you out of the 30 or 40 minutes, it, that one mm -hmm. thing could have the impact to make a huge change. And that change really could yeah. be forever. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Today's card, uh, you know, today we're going to be discussing about uh, guidance and correction uh, and, and the type of words that we actually use when we guide and correct our, our children. I know we've spoken about acknowledging stu uh, students, I keep saying, but acknowledging children mm -hmm. um, in the past, and we'll refer to that again today. Yeah. But we'll start off with tact, and I'm just going to read the front part of that card. Tact. Tact is telling the truth kindly. We think before we speak, aware of how deeply our words affect others. When our words are weighty, we weigh our words, knowing they have the power to cause pain or to uplift. A harsh word to an intimate is like a grain of sand in their eye. An encouraging word can fill them with confidence. Tact is essential when we feel strong emotions like anger. It helps us discern what to say and what is better left unsaid. Tact is good timing. It is a diplomacy of the heart. Wow. I think... Mm. Listening to that, one of the things that really uh, strikes me is tact is good timing. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, all parents are good. Everybody, every human being is good. It's just that sometimes we're in that bad timing when we're angry, we're stressed, we're tired and all of that. And, you know, it's during those times when we actually 
utter those harsh words, which are like those grains of sand in, you know, not yeah. only our children's eyes, but as parents, when we some, say something that is harsh, we say it at that moment to try and control the situation verbally. But when you yeah. come out of that situation and you want to go to bed at night, it definitely makes you feel guilty and makes you reflect on what you said. And unfortunately, you can't take back those words. So I think yeah. uh, this is a this is a great virtue, don't you think so, Richard? I do, I do. I think look, uh, words have a lasting impact. Yep. Um, you know, maybe when we were growing up, we we were told things like sticks and stones may break my bones, and right. you know, words will never harm me. But um, you know, ask anybody, um, and and ev- everyone has a story about how somebody said something to them. Yep. all those years ago and and those kind of memories that kind of emotion it's so vivid and it stays with you oh, yes. um oh. it, it does definitely make a difference especially when it's especially when it's repeated as well oh, yes you know it's not just a one-off yes you know um richard i've heard so many parents actually when they're talking to their children and i i think this is very unintentional but you know they tend to call their children they say you know you're very shy or you know stop being so uh, stubborn or stop being so irritating or you're so naughty they use these words without even realizing the impact that these words could have on children yeah. and with my own experience you know with so many uh, children and my own children I feel that when you keep using these uh, so to call them labels when you keep saying you know the child is shy or the child is naughty children live up to the labels put on them and even research yeah. says this it's you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so if if i say something to you um and whether it's positive or negative so when i say you know richard i can really trust you you're so trustworthy automatically your brain starts to want to behave in a trustworthy manner but if i keep mm-hmm. saying gosh you're so naughty you know your brain is signaling it's listening to that word naughty and actually responding to this right yes Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you think about, uh, I've used this in workshops before where I've told people, I said, right, you know, stay completely still. And I don't want you to think of a pink elephant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And literally within four to five seconds, you you see smiles appearing on on people's faces. And the reason why that happens is because quite (laughs) honestly, they've realized that what I didn't ask them to do was a very thing that their brain ended up doing. Yep. Um, right. So it's basically the verb that gets focused on. Yeah. You know, don't run. Yes. Absolutely. The kids are going to run. You, you, you know, I, I remember when um, when I was younger, um, I really can't remember where this was, but there was this particular room that not a room, an area of a building where everybody would say, oh, don't go there. Um, you know, everybody would say it's haunted. Don't go there. Mm, right. Mm, and mm. It, but what would the kids do at lunchtime? They would, they would all gra- they would all gravitate there. That mm-hmm. sense of excitement. What's out there? What's out there? The moment you ask someone not to do something, come on, try it. Try it with your spouse. Don't touch this drawer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's <laughs> yeah, curio- curiosity kills the cat. What do you mean? Don't touch this drawer. What's in the drawer? Yeah. No, and absolutely. And you know, if you look at it, if you look at the brain and how it functions, the brain can't process do or don't. The brain yeah. we work with 
creating mental images of what people say or what we're told to do. So when you mm. use a verb, like when you say run or go, your your brain is creating that mental image. And yep. But, you know, there's no mental image for do or don't. So it really doesn't yes. matter, which is why those verbs or, you know, what you want children to be, those are yeah. very, very strong in creating these mental images in the brain. Yeah, absolutely. And um, look, we... We were, we've spoken in the past about acknowledging children and why we think it's important. And, you know, last week we spoke about gratitude yep. as well. Yeah. You know, how to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. But we know that um, there aren't ideal circumstances every time. Oh, yes. And part of growing up for every child, even for adults, but we're speaking about children here. So every child, part of growing up is to, is to fall, mm -hmm. is to stumble, is to make mistakes. Oh, yes. That's how we all learn. Yes. So there are times when we need to correct children. There are times that we need to provide them with effective guidance. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what I'd like to sort of touch on today, right? How do we make sure that we guide children in such a way um, that the expected behavior is clear for them? Mm -hmm. Or we can touch on this slightly later, that if something is to go wrong, mm -hmm. How do we correct them in such a way that does not demoralize them? Yeah, absolutely. But allows them to understand what the expectations are yeah. moving forward. Right. So let's let's move with guidance first, Shireen. What do you have to say about guidance? Okay, yeah. When it comes to guiding children, I think first of all, when children, you know, when children do something, they're either doing it because it's a habit or because they're exploring something, or they're just doing it because they don't know any better. It could be anything right? It could be yeah. anything that children do. And um, when parents come in and they want to actually guide children to do something, uh, I think they have two things which are very important. One is uh, parents need to understand that they might have a very good intention between what they say, right? For example, a parent doesn't mm -hmm. want a child to be naughty, right? So mm -hmm. the parent says, don't be naughty. Now, the intention of the parent is very clean and clear and correct. Yeah. However, parents may not know what's better to say, right? They don't know yeah. what are the options. So here we are today just going to share some options with yeah. them, right? So one of that's one of the most important things. And the second thing is um, actually just getting into this habit of being mindful, being aware of how to guide, as in, you know, um, how do we say things? So, for example, yeah. Richard, let's try this, you know. So, if you have a child who's lied to you about something, it's very easy mm -hmm. to say, don't lie. And mm -hmm. what happens when you tell a child, don't lie? What's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, of course, at the end of the day, the child's going to get a little defensive, yep. um, you know, straight away. Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like as if what we're telling them is so much more bigger in terms of processing right. than what they can handle at that yes, time. Yes, right. And again, it could be, you know, that word lie could stick in the child's mind and become yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I'm a liar. Exactly. So in, That's what I do. Exactly. So instead of that, you know, it would be easier to um, say, I would encourage you, I really encourage you to be honest and tell me what's, in your mind so that I can guide you. You know, in this yeah. case, you're actually using those three, uh, those, you know, the three, the, the three stems, you know, you have an yeah. opening phrase where you're saying, I encourage you to be more honest, which is the virtue. And then you're yeah. giving them the reason why you want to guide them to use this virtue. 
yeah. right? I really like that. You know, I, re- I really like the way you phrase that because at the end of the day, as parents, uh, we also need to understand that we are in service of our children. Yep. Um, and by being in service of our children, I don't mean that every time there's a birthday or there's a special event that we make sure that there is a package under the tree or, um, you know, that kind of thing, or that we're buying them clothes and we're buying them all, you know, the most expensive learning resources. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. Children are going to learn irrespective of how, uh, how much materialistic items we give them. Right. But the main thing that the main thing that I'm referring to when we are in service of children is more about the social and emotional needs, the social and emotional mm-hmm. requirements of a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and those social and emotional requirements are the same um, whether or not, you know, you get the most expensive Lego kit or you just get a few bricks. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so I have to, I have to put that right there that all parents are going to say, well, of course I'm in service of my children, but that's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. In service of children is making sure that the words of affirmation are there, making sure that children feel like as if they are being supported mm-hmm. and, and making sure that if they do something wrong, yep. it's not about punishing them, but what, like what you said earlier, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. How can I help you? How can I be of service to you? It seems like as if you're finding that a little difficult, do you need some help? Right. 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 And I think that's really, really important. And I remember, uh, you know, what we were speaking about earlier it's the habit. Yeah. Sometimes children just do it out of habit. Oh, yeah. Whether, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's at home. Yep. The main idea, if you want a relationship of trust, mm-hmm. the main idea is to be able to create a safe environment where we are open to each other and we can discuss things. Yes. But the moment a situation like that arises, yep. whereby, uh, you know, I'm demoralized and obviously, you know, obviously very embarrassed right. by the situation. Yes, exactly. Then... Trust diminishes, no? Oh, yes. And you know what happens is, and I've noticed this with uh, one of my daughters, the minute she does something wrong, okay, when I um, when I don't guide her properly and I just by default say, you know, don't do that or don't do, don't do, don't be like that, you know, yeah. she puts on her defense system and doesn't even want to listen beyond what I have to say. Yeah. But why? But why? It's, you know, I'm... The, the, the kids nowadays, especially the older ones, they have such a strong sense of identity. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's great. It needs to be yes. celebrated. They, they, they're idealistic. Yep. They have aims and ambitions. Yep. They, they're joining uh, protests and <laughs> movements much younger than, yeah. you know, we, I, I don't think we were exposed yeah. to stuff like that when we were growing up, but they are standing for oh, things. Oh, yes. They're assertive. They're assertive. They're they have assertive. A voice. They're, they're opinionated. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to suppress mm-hmm. that. Yep. The main idea, though, is to ch- is to be able to channelize it. Yeah, and I think um, they need. See, there's a lot of influence in a child's life, right? So children are picking up things from, like they say, it takes a village to raise a child. So children are picking up uh, attributes uh, from home, from the people around them, and that is controlled. But then there's also yeah. the influence which is not controlled, and that is the wider world. You know, they're That's going right. to meet friends, they're going to meet teachers, they're going to meet so many, the whole world is uncontrollable. And that yeah. influence can be picked up. And, you know, when, when they pick up some of these wrong things, that is where we need to actually, like you said, use tact, okay, and um, guide them so that they respect you. Now, children will only listen to you when you connect to correct, right? Yeah. You, because yeah. it's an inherent, yeah, I like yeah that. you need to connect yeah. to correct. 
we have an inherent need to have to feel a sense of belonging and when you feel yeah. a sense of belonging then you want to listen i mean think about your teachers in school you'd want to listen to the ones whom you liked you know yeah. that's because you felt a sense of belonging similarly i think with children you know when you connect with them when you first stop and say okay i hear what you're saying or i hear what you're doing right so for example yeah. i'll just give you an example i was once talking to this teenage boy and he used to he used to just use foul language okay and he mm-hmm. picked up this foul language from his family members so obviously mm-hmm. he didn't know whether it was right or wrong it became a habit to use foul language and then yeah. once i just asked him so to connect i told him you use foul language and he said yes i said you use it all the time and he said yes so i connected with him and then i went in to ask him do you know uh, what are you trying to express when you use this language and when mm. he told me yeah i'm just trying to express um uh, what i think that's when i told him that you know you could have many other ways of expressing this but had mm. i gone straight away and told him listen don't use this foul language i would have got why shouldn't i my parents use it this one uses it that one uses it so i think yeah. the most important thing is to connect before you correct and yeah. and that's where i think there's so many different things maybe richard you could talk about you know how um we can use a tact sandwich with kids yeah uh i think so i mean uh, acknowledging acknowledging correcting and then thanking is quite important um when when you when you sort of uh come into a situation the first thing you would want to do is acknowledge the child yep. um you know for who they are yeah. um so so as an example if a child is being very noisy and disruptive yep. okay mm-hmm. let's take that as an example very noisy very disruptive da 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 da, da like and you really want the child to calm right. down so one of the first things you do is tug them and go can you just be quiet all right i'm trying to, i'm trying default. to call i'm <laughs> that's default you know, I, i i'm trying to concentrate yeah, here right yeah yeah <laughs> um but the first thing mm-hmm. is i i was telling kids this the other day is to stop you stop for breathing right mm-hmm. so basically stop take a breath yep. um observe what's around you and then proceed right um So I think adults need to do that too when you're caught in a little bit of a situation. Right. The first thing to do is stop. Mm-hmm. Take a breath. Observe what's going on, okay? There are things that are annoying you. Uh-huh. Be mindful, think about it and then yeah. proceed. Yeah. And if we do that, the first thing that should come to us is taking the child on the side firstly because don't embarrass him in front of other people if other people are involved. Oh, yes. And not basically like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? Um I really see how enthusiastic you are right yeah. now. I can see how excited you are. You're really excited, aren't you? And then they'll nod their head and you also nod their head and like, yeah, I can really tell, you know. Um however, we need to start working on it peacefully mm-hmm. so that all of us can concentrate together. Mm-hmm. And if we all can do this, we will be able to achieve it faster. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. What do you think? Yep. No. And then and then they'd be like, "Yeah, okay." And then of course, don't forget to thank them. Yeah. You know? Yes. And by thanking them, by thanking them, you are validating their presence. Yes. That they they should feel wanted. That's what thanking them is about. Right. So, I really am so happy or so grateful yeah. that you're in this group with me or that you are with me in this in this event. Yep. I'm grateful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they shouldn't feel like as if they've just been told off and they might as well 
be at home. Oh, yes, absolutely. Nobody likes to be told off. I mean, you know, here we're talking about children, but even um, with adults, with ourselves, I mean, uh, let me talk for myself. I don't like being told off. I would rather be guided uh, than yeah. be told off because it just strips you off your self-esteem. And, you know, when your self-esteem, if you look at the hierarchy of needs, when your self-esteem is low, there is no way you can self-actualize. You cannot be the best version of yourself. And this no. is something that parents play a very big role in doing, you know. And that's why I often tell parents that catch them being good. You know, we're always yeah. catching children being bad, but catch them being yeah. good, you know, just every day. Find one thing that you can acknowledge your children for because they're yeah. going to have a lot of things that you could guide them for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot more negative language, a lot more, I mean, if you think about it, even if you Google something online, let's say you're going through a particular problem, whether it's a customer problem or something to do with a, uh, a product that you've bought or yeah. or an experience that you've had, uh -huh. uh, you're going to see a lot of ranting online. Oh, yep. A lot, a lot of ranting. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's very, very difficult to find the, the good parts of it. Right. Um, it's it's Even if you go to a restaurant or if you go to an airport at a check-in counter, mm -hmm. more often than not, you're going to hear people screaming oh, yep. and shouting about <laughs> a bad experience oh, yes. than it is about somebody giving that equal amount of time and enthusiasm in praising yeah, that person. Absolutely. Really. You know? Yes. So that it's just, it's, uh, we are, we are framed in that way that there's a lot more negativity in terms of language, mm -hmm. um, disappointment and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, because when things go well, going back to the gratitude last week, yeah. it's not spoken about enough. Yep. Yeah, that's true. The, you know, that, that, that positivity doesn't come out enough. Right. Um, and, and there's a lot more that influence. So when it comes to like, guiding and correcting Shireen. I was giving that example earlier. Yeah. So let's say, let's let's bring it to guidance. Okay. Yeah. So nothing's gone wrong yet, mm -hmm. but you know that you're about to go to a place yep. and you don't want things to go oh, wrong. Yes. Yep. So let's take a very small example, going to a supermarket. Right. So when you go to a supermarket um, and every time we go there, you've got this kid that always gives you trouble at the check, at the checkout. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there's either Kinder Joys or Freddos or a little toy car or whatever it is that's always there at the checkout, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And there's always a little bit of a scene and then you say no, there are tantrums, da-da-da-da-da. Yep. So guidance means yeah. that before you go into the quote-unquote battlefield, right. you set expectations. Correct. And setting expectations, again, does not mean I don't want you to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's okay. control. So, yeah. So forget about the don'ts. Yeah. Um, we, we, we have a teachable moment and we speak about moderation. Mm -hmm. And then we leave the house and we're in the parking lot and we speak about it again. And we say, now remember, we're about to go in there. Mommy's got 10 minutes. Or Daddy's got 10 minutes. And when we get to the checkout counter... I want you to understand your virtue of moderation, or I want you to moderate. You will mm -hmm. only be able to pick one thing, just mm -hmm. the one thing, but the choice mm -hmm. is completely yours. So that's the empowerment again, right? right. The choice is yours, but it's the one thing that you're going to pick, right? right? Yep. So do we have an, do we have an agreement? Yes, we do. And if we don't, 
Okay. Yeah. And if, if something goes wrong, then we can't do these supermarket runs anymore. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's beautifully, so. uh, that's a beautiful example, um, Richard, you know, so well explained where, you know, just before you're being very proactive. And I think that's the key. You know, if parents are proactive and they know what expectations are not only with children again even in life right Richard like you know uh, just reflecting on the example that you shared just now you know sometimes when we're on a zoom call right when you're on a zoom yeah. call doing a training or something you know sometimes you're going to have technology glitches and when you do have these you can already see people fidgeting or getting uh, aggravated and irritated and that is a point time where you can actually use this tact and you know guidance and you can say i would appreciate everyone's patience to just yeah. um you know uh, wait for a few minutes till we go through these technology glitches literally yeah. i've used yeah. again the three you know the three steps in the sentence to yeah, yeah, yeah. call upon yeah. to guide them or even when you know sometimes you're talking to someone or you're talking to your child and they're always interrupting right so yeah. you can just stop and say you know how can we be more compassionate you know uh, to listen to what each of us has to say you can call upon, you can guide yeah. children with yeah. those kind of sentences. Yeah, absolutely. Another example I can I can give. I mean, I, I think I think examples that are appreciated is a little bit more yep. practical. But um, yep. like today we went out, and uh, and there is an expectation that we come back by a certain time, mm -hmm. and the expectation that we come back by a certain time is because he watches or my son um, watches his shows at half past two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I just basically said to him when we were getting into the car that, look, we're going out for the first time in quite a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we want to enjoy it with everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, we may not make it back on time. Mm -hmm. Now, how can you be flexible mm -hmm. if we don't make it back at half past two? Brilliant. Okay. Right? Yeah. How can you show your flexibility? Right. And okay. children like it because children feel like as if, wow, I'm, I'm getting asked a pretty you know, yes. mature kind of question, you Absolutely. know, and, and they, 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 they rise to the occasion. And he's like, well, OK, well, if I don't make it back by half past two, I will be I will be disappointed. Yeah. But I guess I can watch one show and then you can be flexible and put on another show from from the stream, another streaming service, right. basically, it asked for. Right. And I'm yeah, I could certainly do that for you. Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic, Richard. So I mean, look at the way you, that whole you brought struggle up that virtue. disappears. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. No, and I love the way you brought out, you know, you 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 kind of uh, guided him into wanting to be flexible by putting it in that way, you know? Yeah. And I think with teenagers, yeah. right? You know with teenagers they are they're doing so much. They're exploring everything around them because they are starting to develop their identity as adults, right? So mm. with twos and with teens, you know, they're going through the same growth where they are trying to identify themselves as a human being. They're, you know, they're trying to build their individuality. And at this time, especially with teenagers, I think telling instead of telling them what we don't like right? It is best to use guidance the way you just did with your son, you know, just tell yeah. them, you know, I trust you are responsible, and you will be able to make 
the right choice, you know. So when you start putting those words, you know, I trust you are responsible and you will make the choice between A and B. So you're giving them the A and the B, which you think is correct, but you're also yeah. telling them, I trust you will be responsible to make this choice, you know. So yeah. that's a great way of guiding them. And also by doing that, you are teaching them to manage their own decision-making process. You know, mm-hmm. when we when we tell children, when we don't guide them, but instead tell them, do this and don't do this, we are micromanaging their decisions and they're not going to go out in that real world and know how to make decisions yeah. as well, right? Yeah. It's like that little, you know, you, you put in a little bit of effort at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and when you put in that little bit of effort at the beginning, yeah. um, your child is is gaining such a valuable lesson oh, yes. of how to deal with, well, in this case, flexibility. So how to deal with unexpected things or uncertainty, yes. but, you know, other, other circumstances and other virtues, obviously, yeah. as well. Yeah. But the idea is to teach them that these things can happen. Yep. Um, and also, it saves us the trouble. Yeah. And, and you know, when we don't want the trouble, what happens at the end is we end up giving in to a lot of other yes, things yes. that doesn't really help the cause. Right, right. You yes. Know? So we, we, we are, we, as parents, mm-hmm. not only are we authority figures, I think they need to understand we are authority figures here, yeah. but we can be very educative in the process. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think um, we as parents, one of the most important things is not to be authoritarians, not to be those tiger parents, uh, you know, and on the other end of the spectrum, you can't be those jellyfish parents who are just being absolutely permissive. I think it's that balance, you know, of being loving and firm, you know, that that breakthrough parenting or authoritative parenting is what children need because they need boundaries. Children need boundaries to guide them. You know, otherwise, how are they going to know? I mean, if you don't set boundaries, these children are going to grow up and they are not going to be able to set boundaries and benchmarks for themselves. So when they are young, they they start to follow the benchmarks and the boundaries you have set for them. And when they're no more in your nest and they're out in the real world, then they naturally take over this responsibility and set their own boundaries for themselves. And I've noticed this with both my girls who are, you know, both of them are 18 and 21. And touch wood, I didn't have to struggle because now I feel that they're, you know, it's become a natural way of being for them to set their own benchmarks and boundaries, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree. There's this uh, fantastic uh, example that was given, I think, in one of our trainings as well about the fences of safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And I may have mentioned this before, but I think there was a school and there was a huge playground or field Mm -hmm. where there was uh, uh, basically an open area and the children would go out there and play and the children would generally gravitate to the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And overnight, what they did was they erected a fence throughout the perimeter of the field Mm -hmm. and then they started evaluating where the children would go. And once the fences went up, the children spread all over the field. Okay. And, you know, that, that to me... Um, is a wonderful reminder. It's 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 it serves as as a guide, even metaphorically, for life. Mm-hmm. Um, because the moment you know your, whether you want to call it boundaries, whether you want to call it your principles, whether you want to call it whatever your guidelines, mm-hmm. 
Now, as long as you don't cross those, right. you stand for something. Yeah. Then within that, yeah. you're liberated. Right. Within that, there's creativity. Within that, there is freedom. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, freedom does not mean chaos. Oh, not at all. Free, you know, free, if, if everybody had the freedom or everyone had their own way, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'd, we'd all be, you know, with guns and daggers. Right. It's, it, it just doesn't work. So the parameters are important yeah. and within that yeah. it's when freedom is enjoyed exactly and and that's why you know um actually mario montessori always said this uh, you know give children whatever age they are freedom freedom within limits yeah you know and that's exactly what you explained just now you can put up your fences and you know say this is how it is and then allow them that creativity and freedom of using that space around as long as and even what giving them these boundaries uh, or limits it's very important to explain it to them a lot of parents yeah. say you know you can't do this or you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't talk to this girl or you shouldn't move around yeah. with um you know that boy they say these things but then they do not um explain it and when you don't explain it to children they're not going to listen to you right they're not yeah yeah, yeah i mean just back to uh, boundaries and freedoms and things like that if if you haven't followed us on instagram please do so because um earlier this week there was a post it was a quote by fred gosman um and it basically we we put it up on our account and it says a child with no limits is a child who will grow to hate freedom yep oh lovely um, beautiful and 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 that's just so profound yeah. um and and i guess what that means is we've heard many many times that when you know adults grow up and end up doing the wrong things mm-hmm. um and you know researchers sort of go and see the type of childhoods that they may have had mm-hmm. um there definitely um would have been some kind of lack of parameters yeah. there um or lack of attention that was given to the needs of the child yeah. Yeah. uh you know which has resulted in that now the child has grown up the child claims so called independence and freedom mm-hmm. but doesn't know what to do with it so the, you know yeah. it's it's like you have energy but it's not channeled right. in the right yes. direction and 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 you end up doing the wrong yes, things brilliant basically. you know that's that's so well explained so you know you're giving them this energy you're giving them all of this but yes setting the limit is a vital absolutely vital well even if electricity comes from a power company it needs before it comes to into our house yeah. it needs to be <laughs> regulated and brought to the correct yeah. yes. voltage yes yes and <laughs> you and know? you know um it's <laughs> no absolutely i really agree with what you say and even you know uh, with children like a lot of teenagers a lot of te- uh, parents of teenagers talk about children drinking you know drinking mm. and not knowing when and where to stop you know mm. my mm-hmm. first question to them is okay you know your child is going to explore something like this as a teenager either it's mm. because you know he just wants to know what that drink tastes like or because he's trying to get affiliated with a group of friends or you know it's just out there and it's a social thing and he wants to try it, right so yeah. instead of not talking about it instead of just pretending that oh, okay no my child's never going to go out there and have a drink it is better to be proactive and let them know you know what the limits are should they ever want to try this or should they ever indulge in any form of drinking you know what yeah. how could it how could they how could they use their own self discipline okay to mm-hmm. control that and this is mm-hmm. where i feel is very very important to communicate with older kids especially teenagers okay and um, set out these 
boundaries with limits, just like you said. Set them out because they are going to try and explore all kinds of things at that age. They're out there. They're no more with you at home. Yeah. When they're in university, you're not there. Yes. So they're exposed to the whole world. Yeah. And this is where they need guidelines. And this is where they need boundaries. So if you have gotten into the habit of setting it for them when they're with you, they will somehow find a way to set it for themselves when they're older. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Look, we've we've gone we've gone to quite a few places today. If I can revisit, we basically um, you know started speaking about tact, yeah. started speaking about um, you know what we should say and what we shouldn't, and the self fulfilling prophecy. You know, children yeah. live up to the labels that we use yep. for them. Yes. So if you're going to end up saying you know lying, and we're going to talk about um, uh, lazy or being naughty, they're going to live up to those labels. Yeah. Uh, so being mindful of the labels that we use. Yeah. Then we also went ahead and spoke about guidance. Yep. Um, and before we ventured into correction too much, it sort of went into boundaries right. and setting boundaries. Yep. So pl plenty of opportunities again for us to explore these topics, of course, in future sessions. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we can touch on uh, correcting when things go wrong. Right. Uh, you know, as well. Right. When things go wrong, right, I, I feel that sometimes parents are scared to be firm, but you need to be firm. You know, again, firm but loving right? Especially with older children, you don't have to be rude and demanding and controlling, but you can connect yeah. to correct. So for example, um, you know, you have, say, a teenage or teenager who's absolutely not cleaning their rooms or throwing things around and doing things like that, you know, uh, maybe you've guided them before and told them that, you know, when you go to your room, try and be orderly and do all of this and the guiding is just not working. So when that's mm -hmm. not working, then you need to be firm and just uh, perhaps say something like, you know, there needs to be responsibility or there needs to be orderliness and your room needs to be clean right at the same yeah. time you're not blaming the child you're not but you're naming what you want them to achieve well every time we guide someone there has to be a consequence at the end of the day when 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 it isn't achieved so uh you know for example if you have not cleaned your room you're not leaving the house yeah yeah right so if you're talking about orderly we're talking about responsibility we're talking about cleanliness mm -hmm. we guide them mm -hmm. Um, and we say what the expected virtue is, what the, what the expected evidence is, which is your room needs to be clean. You need to be responsible, orderly, and what have you. Right. Um, and I'm sorry, but unless that gets sorted, mm -hmm. um, and unless you sort of cooperate with me and, and you know, sort of help me out here with, with the house chores or the work, yeah. um, you're not going. Correct. Not yet. Yep. Right? Yep. So now the older kid may go, da-da-da-da-da, da use, use, un, un, they, they, they may use unkind language and, and three or four more mistakes may happen out of right. that. Right, okay. But they are not leaving the house yeah. until it's done. <laughs> that is okay. done. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, Richard, with all the kids, uh, they may not want to. They think you're very controlling and demanding and they might say, no, I don't want that. So what you can do with older kids also, just like you said, is uh, you can... Uh, you can make sure that they take ownership and the consequence and you can give them a choice. So when you've not done this, uh, you choose. Either you stay back and finish this and then go out or, yeah. you know, you do you don't go out. So when you give them yeah. a choice again, the brain is then, you know, working rationally and it's going to yeah. take up one of those. Yeah. yeah. At, at every point though, even when you're giving them a choice, what I feel like as if, you know, sometimes that can be abused. 
Oh, yes, you know? it can. So if they're saying, okay, fine. oh, yeah, I'll do it later. And then they come back later and it's still not done. So where do you draw the line? No, so you give them so there a, has yeah. to be a line. Yes. So you give them uh, limited choices, right? Choices which yeah. you are okay with. So, yes. right. So you've not cleaned your room. Either you clean your room and then you step out of the house or you're just not going out anywhere today. So yeah. you're okay with both the choices. But yeah. yeah, so that's another very important thing, you know, when you talk about yeah. choices. Oh, don't just give your children choices that you're not okay with. <laughs> give yeah. them choices <laughs> very that true. you're okay with. Yeah. Very true. And they'll try. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, of course. They're always <laughs> going to try. All right. So let's let's try and, uh, I guess, wrap it up here. And uh, and hopefully we can cover a lot more of this uh, uh, these ideas on correction, correcting behavior, um, and uh, hopefully bring some case studies and everything in next time as well. I think it'll yes, be pretty good. Sure, pretty. So, Shireen, the 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 rear side of the card, the practice of tax. Yes. Could you help oh, us out yes, with that? surely. All right. Use a sweet tongue, courtesy and gentleness, and thou mayst manage to guide an elephant by a hair. I sadly. <laughs> The practice of tact. I tell the truth kindly and gently. I reflect on how my words influence others. I think before I speak. I do not allow anger to control me. I discern when to speak and when to be silent. I use courteous language. I am thankful for the gift of tact. It sweetens my relationships. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I, I Great. I love the quote. Yeah. I really love the quote. <laughs> um, you know, use a sweet tongue, courtesy and gentleness, and you can guide an elephant by a hair. Yep. Um, you know, I, it's, it's people who can speak in a particular way can, I, I feel, I won't say, I won't say effortlessly. Yep. It, it looks effortless, but it's a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of effort to be tactful. Oh, yes. Um, it's a lot of effort to stop and to think. Sometimes you have to sort of bite your lips. Sometimes you have to swallow your pride. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that goes on yep. um, when you speak with tact. But not allowing anger to control me. Yeah. Knowing, knowing well that if I do this and I do this right... Mm-hmm that the outcome will be better than if I was to blow up right now. Right. And, you know, uh, with very young kids, I remember actually using this example. You know, I reflect on how my words would influence others. With very young kids, I've shown them a toothpaste and actually told them to remove the toothpaste and told them that's yeah. what your words are like. Yeah. You know, once you... You can't put you them can't in. You can't put them <laughs> in. So be careful of what you say because they can yes. have, you know, a, an impact forever. And you know what? Everything starts from home so if you are tactful with your children you don't have to teach them tactfulness they'll role model what you're doing that's very true that's very true thank you thank you so much thank you Richard and uh, thank you everybody again for joining us today and until we meet again please again as I as I mentioned earlier on the program govirtues.com Instagram Facebook review us rate us do whatever you need to but more importantly Stay safe, stay healthy, and here's to wonderful and meaningful relationships with your families yeah. and your children. Thank you. Thank you All for right. listening to us. Thanks, Richard. See you Thank again. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.